Hey there, I'm back with another great episode from the great city of Detroit. This is Rami, and I have the pleasure of introducing you to Chef B and Jasmine of Social Enterprise Detroit Soar. They have an inspiring story of joining together around health food for some very interesting reasons. This is a true story of how we're better together. And that's a saying we have here in Detroit. All the different age groups and demographics and cultures, we bind together and we say we're better together. So stay tuned at the end for a really fun song by a Detroit artist. As a matter of fact, you might want to find your dancing shoes while you're listening so you're ready. Now, before we hear from Jasmine and Chef V, let's see what Luke found for us on this episode's Fun Fuel. Hi. This is Luke Trombley, and I'm bringing you the fun fuel for this episode. While on the topic of mobile food, nearly 795 million people in the world do not have enough to eat. That is approximately one in nine people. 98% of the world's undernourished population live in developing countries. But thanks to companies like Detroit Soar that bring food to people who don't get enough to eat, the world's hunger problem has dropped from 23.3% in developing nations to 12.9%. Thanks for listening to this fun fuel. Enjoy the episode. Thank you, Luke. Listening to those statistics, it really makes me thankful for the work of Detroit Soar. So let's listen now to my interview with these great ladies. We're excited to have you. You guys were, yeah, you guys were, um, we met because you were winners at a, um, at a Build Social event in Detroit, right? Yeah, so we were in an um, eight-week business accelerator to help us learn how to build a business um, while still doing a social mission and making a profit, and we met you at our pitch competition for that. Yeah, lucky for me. <laughs> yeah, so let's, uh, let's first of all um, let our listeners know about Detroit Soar, and um, I don't know, is that the name you use, or do you say Sisters on a Roll? Could we clarify that right out of the gate? Yes, we can clarify that. Um, Sisters on a Roll is my personal company, and she, we, me and Jasmine met through that company, and together we became partners to do Detroit SOAR, which is sharing opportunities and resources. Okay, glad to know that. Okay, so Detroit SOAR is sharing opportunities and resources. All right, well, I love it. And then do you still have your other company going, Harriet? Yes, that's the company through which we do the catering for Detroit Soar okay. and everybody else. And you really go by, you're really most known for as Chef B, right? I yeah. am. <laughs> and why is that? Let's, t- let's go back in history just a little bit. Oh, we're going way back. Um, I was in uh, the kitchen with um, Tony from Adiamos, and it was two browns in the kitchen. So he called me Chef B. Oh, okay. And I've been going by Chef B ever since. <laughs> That's so good. So what is Detroit Soar? Detroit Soar is a way that we reach the people through the medium of food. Yeah, so what we're trying to do, when Chef B and I met, um, we had a lot in common. And one of the things was our passion over food and our passion to serve the community through food. Um, so what we wanted to do was create a company where we could pull both of those together. Um, so what we normally tell people when they ask us, what is Detroit Store? As we say, it's a mission-driven cafe that helps bring the community together through food and events. 
Now, are you mobile or are you? So we are mobile. Um, so right now for the past like six months or so, Chef B and I have really been focused on doing a lot of pop-up events. So I know people have seen us at Eastern Market, at Royal Oak Farmers Market, at Campus Marshes, um, a couple other pop-up places. And then we are working on becoming mobile. So we have a couple of food trucks. One we are very close to finishing up licensing for. And then we'll be on the road, you know, being able to go around Detroit, serving different areas. And then we have an additional food truck that we're trying to build out for the winter. Because our current one only runs on diesel, which tends to gel up when it gets cold. So we have another one that runs on gas that we can use a little bit easier during the winter months. Oh, nice. All right. And so the purpose, just to get real basic for our listeners, the purpose is to uh, deliver nutritional food, right, to some of those that might not have access to it? Yes, that would be our end goal. Um, for, uh, first of all, we want to be sustainable. So we want to be able to provide a service to the people that's, that's already uh, in the food deserts and also serve the people that are going through food injustice. And the flip side of that is offering everybody else, well, offering everyone healthy food service or food service. We want you to think of it a little bit differently. Like, yeah, you can get fried chicken anywhere, but how about maybe an oven fried chicken versus something greasy, you know what I'm saying? Or mm -hmm. try it this, try it this way. We take, um, different uh cultures of food and familiarize it for you so that you can taste the flavor of love too <laughs> and chef b what is the what's the reason why you want to deliver some nutritional food i come from outreach ministry so i'm always feeding someone and i see the quality of the food that the big uh nonprofit companies give to some of the people and it's horrible. Like, uh, I don't want to put this on the air, but I'm going to say it. Like, Red Cross food trucks, um, they give the people, like, watered-down soup, um, maybe a piece of fruit, and green hot dogs. And I think that's horrible. Like, how is that going to sustain somebody? You know what I'm saying? If, yeah. if I'm coming to a truck to be fed for free, at least give me something that will sustain me. And so I feel like it's my job to do that like because i know i can you know what i'm yeah. saying even though even though um if statistically you looked at me i'm a walking statistic on poverty and everything else but i don't feel that way because as long as i'm able to help my brother i'm rich yes yes i say amen to that <laughs> <laughs> My faith has me say amen to that. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. And you've been feeding people for a while because I think this is part of how uh, this all started, right? Yes. Um, what happened was, well, prior to me even meeting um, the lady that I named my business after, um, I was always in outreach ministry. I always cooked and fed the people. I always cooked and fed seniors. Um, people that could no longer cook for themselves, people that had um, dietary issues. And what happened was my mother got sick, my husband let me take off work. And so I was cooking for people and, you know, to help make up for the lack of ha not having a job. That's what started it. And then a friend of a friend asked me to help a friend. And that's how Sisters on a Roll actually started. Um, she fell backwards and they said she would never walk again. 
she drug herself into her body obeying. And so she needed somebody to go along with her to business class. I went along with her. I was learning everything she was learning. And they asked the question and I was in the classroom and I was like, well, you know, I had to remember where I come from. Like my grandparents had businesses and everything, but by the time we were of age to realize what was going on, we were already having to work for someone else. So uh, I, this whole series of tragic events turned out to be a beautiful thing. Um, in the process, I met Jasmine and she's loved me from the first, like really. And uh, we lost touch for a minute. And then when we saw each other again, it was like we had never missed a beat. And then the more we talked, the more we wanted to partner up and we was like you know time is short let's just do it if it doesn't work we'll do something else and we were just looking at all the different um injustices going on in the city out of the city and everything else and we was like we got a solution for that if we become mobile and not be tied to one particular place then not only can we sustain ourselves but we can help others be sustainable and test the market as well yeah that's so good. And Jasmine, what's your background? How did you sort of arrive on the scene? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually went to the University of Michigan and I was studying business. I was in their business school and I was always interested in the startup scene. Um, so during college, I worked on various startups. And one of the ones that I started doing on my own was called Dine Roll. And it was a visual way to find food in your area. So I came to Tech Town. I became part of their DTX Launch Detroit program. So I was in it for the summer of 2015, um, really interviewing a lot of restaurant owners, food bloggers, foodies, anyone in the Detroit food scene to do a customer discovery um, for the app I was trying to build. And during that time, there was a pop-up dinner, and I never even really heard of pop-up dinners. I didn't know what it was. Um, but there was one at Checker Bar, and my partner at the time was like, let's go check it out. So I checked it out, and it was Sisters on a Roll that was putting it on. Um, so I got to try some of her food. And after, I was like, could I just sit down and interview with you and figure out some of your pain points, your backstory? Um, so like Chef B said, her and I met up, and we just really bonded at the time. Um, and my startup ended up falling through, so I reached back out to her about six months after that, and then her and I partnered up, and we've been doing this ever since. <laughs> nice, nice. Because you guys, sometimes when you come from uh, – unsimilar backgrounds and unsimilar age groups and all that it's hard to mesh but I gotta tell you having watched you two together you seem like a natural fit <laughs> for the business yeah, yes. I, I love it like she yes. teaches me how to cook I'm, I'm now learning how to cook different things that I didn't cook them before um, and she gives me new eyes you know what I'm saying yeah. like, like her energy is is uh how you say it? it's effective it's like oh my god <laughs> she's like the energizer bunny you know what i'm saying it's like she like my other daughter slash sister partner all at the same time because like she's really actually my medium my middle-aged daughter's age but together you never know that you know what i'm saying it's all like right. it's like the stuff we've been through in the last year melded us together she like one in the family you know what I'm it's so funny to me like my kids like where jazz at or where, <laughs> if i go to a pop-up separate from her they're like where jazz at you know what I'm saying? It's, it's natural it, it it became it became natural like looking at the cultures looking at the like you say the lifestyles all the differences like how would that work 
but we know that it's of God because we consider one another. That's what makes it work to me. And together we wage war with a fork. Yes. Ah, that's so good. That's so good. You guys are a dynamic duo. There's something about you two together. I, I told uh, someone that I had bumped into the next morning after I saw you two present. And I'm like, man, they're the dynamic duo. There's some sort of multiplied force when they get together. I could just see it. <laughs> So wow, good. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I'm glad you just said that. You know, I, I think sometimes we get a lot of questions about um, doing business in Detroit. And, and my consistent theme is like, look, everybody has a story. Every person who's trying to do work in the city of Detroit, especially any entrepreneurial work, every single person has a personal story. And, and most of us are figuring out we're better together. You know, we're like, what That's can you do? That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Like, um, by myself, I've been trudging along. I couldn't stop even if I wanted to. And, like, just having her along the journey, you know what I'm saying, she gets to see things. And what I love about the food part is um, love on a plate crosses all cultures, all economic barriers. Um, even if you can't speak, if you can't converse with one another if you put love on a plate it will tell a story you know what i'm saying it will change the narrative it will do away with all the stuff that as humans we get bogged down with yeah yeah it's so true so so thank you for exploring that for a second with me because uh i just i just feel like so many good things are happening for us here in detroit and i just uh i just wanted to highlight that no matter what the news says <laughs> And that's another thing that I found in through food is we have a voice. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You might not hear me by myself, but if me and her are saying the same thing, somebody's going to take notice. Yeah, that's right. And we have kind of a great um, food scene here, don't we? I mean, it's more than what people would think. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. definitely coming to life, I think, in the past couple of years with the revitalization of Detroit. You know, more younger professionals moving to the city. Like it's just, it's completely changed and it's awesome to see. Yeah. So let's, let's talk more about your business model for a minute. Let's just uh, hang out there for a second. Are you guys uh, charging some and offering free to others or how is, how is that working for your own financial sustainability? Yeah, of course. Um, so a lot of what we learned actually in the build social class that we met you at was how to create a pay it forward food economy. So what Chef B and I are trying to do is partner with our customers to help be able to feed the food deserts of Detroit. So during the daytime when her and I pop up at Campus Marshes or Eastern Market, you know, we can charge a little bit more for our food. Um, that way we can then go back out into the food deserts of Detroit where people, you know, can't afford to pay anything at all and be able to still serve them while still having a profit for us at the end of the day. Yeah, smart. Sorry, is that, and when did you start doing that? Uh, did you start it right away or just recently? I've always did it. Um, a long time ago, I used to be under a nonprofit before I really knew all the statistics, all that blah, blah, blah stuff about it. And I saw it in action. I saw that they uh, partnered with Gleaners, which is what we're trying to do, um, to get food for pennies on the dollar take that food, make a food product, and then give it to the people. Because a lot of the people 
um, don't have a way to cook the food, don't have a way to keep fresh food. And a lot of the food that they're given is being thrown away. So what good is it if I can't give you something again that's sustainable? But if we take those food products that's given, give it to them in a hot meal, they can consume it and don't have to worry about trying to figure out where they got to store it, where they have to heat it up at. It's nutritionist and it's going to be fortified with lots of veggies. We want to do uh, meat as a flavoring versus a filler because you don't, you're not really required to have a, a heavy, heavy load of meat. But if you fortify with the vitamins, minerals, etc., it'll sustain your body longer. It'll stay in your body longer versus all the processed foods that are given nice nice so it's working and obviously it's having good impact for the people that keep coming back how did you maybe you could help us understand because we have a lot of listeners who are learning about social enterprise how did you start to make your way either with your mobile truck or in a pop-up scene how did you start to get permission to uh, sit at those places is it the same process that a food truck would go through or we had, a lot, we had a lot of people that believed in us, believed in what we were doing, saw the outreach ministries that we affected, and they actually pulled us in, like Nick George from uh, Dr. Sushi, uh, Jay from Detroit Sushi. We have like awesome, amazing food friends and just retail friends um, that have been very, very supportive. We have a photographer named Jess, that's my twin. She is so mm -hmm. awesome. You know what I'm saying? We just have like a whole village of people that push us towards wherever we need to be. Like random people walk up to us and that's how we got our second investor because he overheard us discussing the plans that we were making and wanting to do. And he just stepped right in like, I'm not trying to bug y'all, but, and we were leery at first, but we, now we're kind of watching it. Like to me, it's all in divine order. Like it's coming. I told Jazz, if we make it, everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And it is interesting. Some stuff can come right to you when you're doing the hard, hard work. Uh, you yeah. attract, you know, you attract the good stuff. And I think people want to help. There's a lot of people who do want to help. They're just not maybe so sure how to get involved. There is, and kind of to talk on Shepi's point of the networking aspect, really once you do one event and people see you out there, you get leads at those events that lead you into events after that. Mm -hmm. um, her and I, one of the first big events we did together was Mac and Brews at the Royal Oak um, Farmer's Market. So we did that. We did really well there. We actually got second place, and after that, the um, people asked us, oh, do you want to do Bacon Bash? Do you want to do Burger Bash? Which was two other events put on by the same company in coming months. So then we were like, awesome, now we know we got two more events locked in. And then from there, they would tell their friends and it just started expanding like that. That's so good. And how do you uh, say, how do you differentiate yourself from other folks trying to do what you're doing? So a lot of it's really with the food. So I'll let Chef B talk on that. Um, she has a nice vegan twist that she adds to a lot of her dishes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so she has these awesome vegan wings that we serve at a lot of our pop-up dinners that we do. And, you know, people come up to us, they're like, what is a vegan wing? Because people never hear that before. So if you want to talk more on that. Um, again, it comes out of the need for something different. I got tired of all my vegan friends or people that I meet was vegan, and all they could eat was a freaking salad. Right. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm like, let's make a vegan wing for them. So I kind of made the first one kind of like a fritter, and they really like they liked it. But I'm like, I really want to hit him with a one-two punch. And so uh, my daughter said, Mom, you've been talking about it, but vegan wings are a thing. I said, get out of here. So <laughs> a guy named Zachary Bird uh, had a, um, a way to make uh, vegan chicken wings. But I looked at the recipe. I watched his little video and everything. And I'm like, it's, I, don't, I don't like the risk involved. So um, I'm a food person. So I study uh, cookbooks and videos and different cultures uh style of cooking like people you know normally would read a book from front to back i do that with videos um cookbooks etc so what i did was take i took his concept but applied different uh techniques to it and um it came out absolutely marvelous so we repeated the process again and again and again and I took all the woulda, coulda, shoulda go wrongs out, which made sense to me. And I don't see how come he didn't do it, but I'm like, maybe he just was excited that he did this thing. And so once um, I'm like, you know, it's like the wheel. You know the wheel's been built over and over again, but each time they build it, they can make it better. So that's kind of what I did with his processes. And I was like, wow, it's really kind of good. And it looks like a wing. You can eat it like a wing. It takes on many flavors like a wing. I said, well, Jazz, I think we got, we are to something. And then we took it to the people and the people have been loving it. It's been well received. Um, I would like to be able to batch make it like so that it could be frozen so that people could, you know, because the stuff you try in the market is crummy and it's loaded with a lot of additive and additives and preservatives. And I, I wanted to do something better and different. And I think we succeeded when we do um, vegan meats. And that's kind of like our sustainer. Like to make the vegan meals is a plus for us. You know what I'm saying? Because it gives you a chance to break the monotony and to eat a little bit healthier. And if we can get you to, I'm not saying I'm trying to press anybody to be full on vegan or full on vegetarian because I think variety is a spice of life and I think you should be able to consume it all if you choose to but do everything in moderation so if we give you a healthy dose of what's good you're more and you like it you're more apt to go back to that versus constantly eating processed this processed that or all these chemicals that you can't even pronounce in your food right oh I so agree hey are any of the restaurants uh asking you for any help well, uh, Nancy Whiskey's has us, and we've did at uh, Detroit, what is that, Detroit City Distillery. Yep. Um, have asked us, and um, uh, Wholesale Foods wanted our concept, but we couldn't uh, afford their distributors. So yeah. we chose to do it solo, and at this point, we are gearing towards uh, like a late-night supper. We have a location in, in mind for the late-night suppers, and we're trying we're keeping our fingers crossed to get our own space, which would be awesome and amazing in Mexican town. So there's a few things like under the current that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, we got chose by thrilllist.com and Detroit hub did a spill on us. And um, just for somebody eating at our pop-up, uh, she wants us to uh, cater her wedding. Wow, I love it. Yeah, from off off vegan, some vegan wings that she ate. It was really, really crazy that day. Like, 
it, and it's crazy like when your social media people become your friends like what yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually one of the coolest things so this weekend we were at detroit kite festival um is one of the vendors there and we ran out we were doing chicken tacos um and then we also had vegan tacos and we had hot dogs and vegan sausages so we ran out of our meat products first and then people were like, oh, do you guys have anything left? And we're like, well, yeah, we have, you know, the vegan tacos and the vegan sausages. And they were kind of iffy on trying it. But Chef B's like, here, just try a little piece of it. And as soon as they hit their mouth, they're like, oh, wow, like that actually is pretty oh, good. Is that vegan? <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of it is I think people just, they have this perception that vegan yes. food, you know, isn't going to taste as good as a meat product. But a lot of it's because they haven't actually tried it yet. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is we exciting. get them to taste it, we got them. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> man it's and I, I veganize a lot of stuff just so everybody can eat you know what i'm saying yeah i don't have to, I don't have to when i do vegan or vegetarian i'm not limited by like some people can't eat pork or some people don't eat beef or i'm off red meat altogether. you know what i'm saying so we this way we're able to feed everybody yeah, it's so good. There's so many ways I want to go right now with this, but I what what would be kind of big dreams for you guys with what you know at this moment, if you were your truth of the moment. If you could just let yourself, if money weren't an issue, if you'd let yourself dream for a minute, what would that look like? Yeah, you, want, so you want our perspective or you want Yeah. Because it's it's like it's like a three tier type thing. I think together we want that food hub that essentially like with the place uh, with Ron, uh, what's his name, Ron? Yeah, with Ron. Um, where living quarters would be above, um, like the ground floor would be where we would have like maybe a reception hall perhaps for use, uh, commercial kitchen. And in the basement, we also have, we've been in contact with a beer garden. So we have like this entire team that if we had the money to come together today, I think would be a beautiful bonus for Detroit because it would be vegan friendly, vegetarian friendly. Like everybody would have a place where you could be, bring your vegan friends or your vegetarian friends and everybody could still be fed well. You know what I'm saying? Like all of it would come together. Like we would even have a beer garden in the basement. I think that in itself would totally rock yeah and a lot of it actually just for this idea to build up to it it came from us trying to find a commercial kitchen space for ourselves mm -hmm. um we were using peaches and greens and then that um was bought out so it wasn't available to us anymore and then we're like oh god we gotta find a commercial kitchen so we All can right. continue operating um and that was a struggle with us for a couple of months because we couldn't find one that either had enough space or was affordable for us and and to, and to house our food truck because the main idea for us was to also be mobile. Like, even if we have our own brick and mortar space, we still want to be able to reach the people that would not necessarily be able to reach us. Yeah. So in this process, we were thinking, you know, we really did some research and realized there's a limited amount of commercial kitchen space in Detroit. And with what we want to do with our name, sharing opportunities and resources, we decided it'd be awesome to be able to open up a commercial kitchen space that could be shared with other food entrepreneurs so they can come in, have a space to cook their products, store their products, and then most importantly, market their product. So as she was saying, her and I don't want to be tied down to the kitchen 24-7 so we can go out and feed the food deserts. 
so we can have one of the other food entrepreneurs be like, hey, it's your time to shine tonight. Go ahead and do your pop-up, serve your food, get your you know following built up so then they can go on to get their business out in Detroit. For food entrepreneurs to come in, cook their food, get a following, um, and just do a lot of fun events. You can do so much with involving the community in food. Um, getting local artists to come play, have art showcase. Really, the opportunities are pretty endless. It's, it, yeah, the food hub itself would be like uh, ever changing type thing. Like because we're all inclusive, and we don't think um, anybody should be shunned unless you you know if you're spewing hate, then obviously you're not welcome. But if you if your plan is to love one another or at least consider one another, then we can probably accommodate you because that's our end goal i think um the collaboration if if all the limits were taken off would bring community together would bring old and young together because it would give us all a place to just be like you could bring your grandparents you can bring your kids and you could feel welcome now at a certain time you know the kids got to go. Maybe you want to take grandma home. But in the meantime, tween time, you could all come together and, and assemble, assemble yourselves at this one particular space. That's the ideal goal would be to have that center where everybody could really come together. Like I envision it to be like um, like the casino. You know how, how you go in the casino dining area and you see all these different varieties of food that you can go to. I would love to have that in our in our space like um i have a lot of friends that cook amazing things but no place to really showcase showcase it but if everybody had their small little nook in this one big arena it would be a place where everybody would come anyway because they would want to know what's going on what's this new taste thing or i know where i can get a healthy bowl of whatever this thing is you know right in one particular space Oh, I love that. We have such a need for that in Detroit. I agree with you. There's so many food entrepreneurs that don't have places to cook. There's just not enough. Everything from bottling and packaging, manufacturing, <laughs> cooking it, storing it, and the equipment, like you said, even for the truck. I love this direction that you're going. So, And it sounds like you've identified a place but you yeah. oh, yeah. have a couple of places in mind. Um, her and I applied for Motor City Match for the space track back in the fall, and we were around six awardee for that. So from that, we started looking at, you know, different spaces, and we um, teamed up with a guy. His name is Larry, and he has a space in Mexican town, and he's also a Motor City Match building recipient. Um, so together, we've been working on trying to figure out what we can do there. Um, to try to bring a commercial kitchen space and collaborative space to the community in Mexican town. And then as you were saying earlier, um, we met this investor randomly at a coffee shop and we just, you know, both had very similar ideas. But his main thing is he wants the living quarters to be able to have international students um, be able to come in and have a place to live. So that's another avenue we're trying to, you know, look down. Is there a place that we can find a bigger building to house people, a pop-up space, and, you know, like a beer garden or commercial kitchen area. It is funny how you start with one thing and all of a sudden you've got a big complex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and yes. that's, how, that's how the Sisters on a Roll whole process has been going. And that's why I said I'm just loving the journey. Like, I wouldn't change anything. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's easy or any of those things, but it's definitely worth waking up to every day. Oh, yeah. You guys are doing such good things. Did you want to add any of that personal vision, or or was that 
is that was that the big well, my personal vision still ties to the all the things the things that i've said prior to i would love personally if the limits were taken off of me to have a facility where i could house the people that are in the streets homeless it would be a place where they actually could come get some focus get better like um, I envision them coming, not just to a house where they can just come eat and go back out to the public and come back and go eat. You know, I want a little bit uh, better than that. I'm not trying to force any religion on anybody, but it's simply acknowledge a better you, a better, a higher inner self, if you will. And um, I would like to have a facility that would um, do that, like get them off the streets, get them cleaned up, get them fed, get them healthy teach them a job skill if they're not able to work then um let's find some volunteer opportunities for them to do that would take up their time and if if um if you know i want uh let me rephrase this i would like some some people will be with you because this is their chosen life like that's just uh, that's just how it is and then you have people that just need a hand up you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would like to help them transition from this lowly space because all it takes is one bad life happening and you might be on the streets. You know what I'm saying? And oh, I'm yeah. Here, so I know. And yes, I have 10 kids. I've been homeless, but not homeless to the point where I didn't have any place to be because I always had family I could go to until I can get back on my feet. But what about the people that don't have that as an option? I want to have a healing house for them to come to and to learn to be again because a lot of them have forgotten how to be they just know how to survive and exist right we sort of lose our our humanness sometimes mm -hmm. yeah and then you know if you ever been judged by anyone then you can discern how that feels like if i'm already in a terrible situation and i'm homeless you know what I'm saying? It doesn't help me for you to look at me like I'm a bum or I'm less than. You know right. what I'm saying? I consider everyone my sister and my brother because when it's all said and done, we'll all be one anyway. That's right. <laughs> yep. And that's why I love our name, too, because it can fall into really anything. With sharing opportunities and resources, you can do that down so many different Yeah, different well, paths. it was designed awesome. to be an umbrella company anyway, which um, we came into the partnership knowing that it would not it would not exist as one thing that it will grow in itself into whatever it would be which was the reason for sharing opportunities and resources because i feel like by ourselves we might not be able to do it but if we tell the story and we tell the truth in the story and they catch the truth you can't unlearn what you know that's right you know, oh it's so good yeah, you can't you can't unlearn what you know. So even in failure, I find that motivating because at the end of the day, I only see my goals, and my goals is to feed the people and to leave them better. Once I walk away, yeah, so good. Dignity, restoring some dignity there. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. it go back to the same the same phrase. I, I can't I can't escape it. I've accepted it as part of who I am. And that's just for us. I live my life by let us consider one another. Yes. If I constantly have you on my mind, then either one or two things will happen. I'll be better for it or we'll be better for it. Yeah. That's so good. And Jasmine, how about you? Do you have any sort of personal aspirations within, within this dream? 
Yeah, so I mean, I've always been interested just in general in the food industry and what you can do with food. Like she talked about how you can cross really any cultural boundaries um, by sharing, you know, just a plate of food. But it became a lot more closer to my heart in November. Um, I actually lost my father and he had a pulmonary embolism. And a lot of it was because he was obese and he didn't, you know, he didn't live a healthy lifestyle. And that just flipped my whole world around. Um, mm. But it really tied me closer to this because I realized that, you know, he had the opportunity to eat healthy and he didn't. But what about all the people in Detroit that don't even have a choice? It's like all they have is the corner store to go to to get chips or, you know, just anything that's not healthy. So by providing access to them to have healthy food, that gives them more than just the full stomach. It gives them sustainability to grow, especially children, you know, to be able to grow up and make a difference in the world. So that just opened my eyes to how important eating healthy really is and the need to be able to provide that to those food deserts. Yeah, boy, I'm sorry for your loss, uh, first of all. And uh, you guys have a running theme here that you started out with, uh, and it's kind of landing nicely to close us out here. You guys are bringing a new meaning to the word food sustainability for me. I mean, normally when I hear food sustainability, I think in terms, well, I'd say more like food access is what comes to mind, and then sourcing it from the right place. But you guys have really given me this new inspiration of uh, using the word food sustainability as literally sustaining our bodies of what food is supposed to be for. You know, it's like. That's why we wage war with the fork. We are offering Detroit a disruptive food service. Um, I used to be 417 pounds and I changed my life with a fork. Um, During the process of changing recipes for all my friends and people that were suffering with uh, food allergies, uh, diabetes, et cetera, I ended up going through those processes myself. So it made me more empathetic and more like it drives me daily to make sure that maybe you can't, because you have diabetes, you can't eat, uh, let's say, uh, candy, uh, sweet potatoes. Oh, yes, you can. It's a way to give you those same flavors, but healthy. So a lot of the times when I change a recipe, I might not say it. I just might offer it to you. And then if you like it, then that's something we'll keep doing. You know what I'm saying? We write it down, put it in our books, in our archives, so that we can duplicate that process one more time. And it also shows that somebody cared enough to go that extra mile to make sure that you can still be familiar with the things that you love. Yeah, it's so good. So now that I'm asserted, my mouth is actually watering. I so want to get in the car and figure out where you guys are right now. (laughs) How would uh, the listeners find you maybe on social media or a website? How would they know where you're at? Yeah, definitely. So we have a website. It's DetroitSoar.com. And we have an events tab that's always updated with any pop-up events we're going to be doing. Um, additionally, we ha- use social media, so we do a lot of Facebook events to push out what we're doing. And then with our food truck getting launched soon, you know, we'll hopefully be all around Detroit in different areas. And then, at, and again, we'll have a late night supper available to you. Probably, I think we're going to do carry out, perhaps a call in. Maybe I'm not sure how we're going to set that up. We're in the process of discovery for that. But on the weekends, you will be able to come and get fed all day. So we offer that convenience to you. And um, I think like 
once you become our friend, like uh, DetroitStore.com on Facebook, yep. right? And uh, you'll be able to see once the uh, uh, late night supper thing gets going in the weekend supper, you'll be able to see what you can come get for the day's offering. Or you can call us and say, hey, well, can you make us this or that? And then you can come pick it up. Like, we want to offer convenience to, like, you working all day. You don't feel like cooking, but you want that healthy, good thing at an affordable price, then you can come get that from us. And we'll flavor everything with love. <laughs> I love it. There's so many nuggets. I w I've been trying to write so much down that you guys have said packed in here. I can't wait uh, for everyone to hear this great conversation. I want to thank you so much for spending time with me today. Uh, I can't wait for this episode to come out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Can we, can we add the part? Because I know you said this is um, coming in August. Yeah, or Septemberish. Yeah, um, we'll be heavy back into our soups, which you can also see on our Detroit store page. If you look through all the pictures of the foods, all of those products are available. Um, we will be starting our soups back up heavily during that time. Uh, you can catch us at various Detroit soups, the event, the actual events. Oh, okay. We do a lot of those around town because, again, a lot of the things we do is sharing opportunities and resources, which means we might make a pot of vegan soup or vegetarian soup for an event so that we share the flavor of love that way as well. I love it. Flavor of love. Well, definitely. And thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank, no, you. thank you. A big thanks to Chef B and Jasmine of Detroit Soar. That conversation was chocked full of goodness and I feel a little hungry. <laughs> All right, no food yet because it's time to dance. Let's hear from what is quickly becoming one of my favorite Detroit bands, The Infatuations. Of course, all these songs are curated for us by our friends at Assemble Sound in Detroit. Here's the song, Dancing on My Knees. I hope you do a little dancing while you're listening. <laughs> Until next time, keep those bonfires burning. <laughs>